Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. This is episode number 16, and I am your host, Caitlin Fusco. So before we start everything, I have really exciting news. I am doing a giveaway with an incredible shop called Mom After God's Own Heart Shop. You might have seen them on Facebook, on Instagram. They have so many awesome t-shirts and just different knickknacks for birth workers especially, but also for mothers and for babies. And they started a new line specifically for babies born at home just this past week. So we are doing a collaborative giveaway this coming week from running from Monday to day, if you're listening on day number one, through Thursday night. And the winner's going to be announced on Friday, and you're going to be receiving a free uh, onesie that says Born at Home. It's actually a little outfit. It's got pants too. Um, So please go to Instagram. Check out the at Happy Home Birth Podcast Instagram. You'll just have to look at the contest rules there, Um, but definitely do that. You're going to love this. So check that out. Since you're going to be on Instagram anyway, you might as well go ahead and share a screenshot of you listening to this episode so that I can share it in my stories. So you put it in yours, tag at Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I will share it in mine and give you a shout out. You can also go ahead and check out one of our sponsors while you're on Instagram, Body Works Physical Therapy, Dr. Ashley Denoy. She is on Instagram as bodyworks.pt, and she shares a ton of amazing stuff there. I am super, super loving Dr. Ashley right now because I actually decided to go see her for myself. And she has been able to diagnose some pain that I'd had in my leg since I had my first daughter, Janie. Um, and we are working on fixing it before I have my second child in June. So she's incredible. I was talking about how, to my husband about how she activated, like she helped me activate muscles that I didn't know that I have. So I highly recommend, especially if you're in the Greenville area, checking her out. But even if you are, you know, worldwide international, I know I've got some listeners in Australia, still go check her stuff out because she puts a lot of great information up on Instagram and on her Facebook page, Mama Body Works. That's her Facebook group. You can also check her information out at her website, which is Bodyworks dash physicaltherapy.com. And that is Dr. Ashley Denoy. And now for a big old thank you to our second sponsor, Hatched at Home Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, who's a licensed midwife CPM of 12 years, offering home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. Carrie provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama baby family-centered home birth care, including water birth, and mama baby postpartum care from birth to six weeks and beyond. She also offers extras like beautiful Bangkok belly binding, and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office. The great thing about Carrie is that she offers a free consultation to see if she's a good fit for your birth. So visit her at her website, hatchedathome.com, or on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, Or you can get in touch with Carrie directly at 864-907-6363. Thank you so much to both of my incredible sponsors. Just remember that if you would like to sponsor an episode or be interviewed, just shoot me an email. Last but certainly not least, I would like to thank our reviewer of the week. And our reviewer of the week is Bonnie Evans, 29. She wrote, love this podcast. 
I had my ideal home birth only 10 days ago, but I've been listening to this podcast since it started. Not only do I love the guests, stories, experience, and hosts, but as someone who had no friends who also had a home birth, it was so encouraging to listen to other people's stories. It helped me confidently go into my own, and now I listen and relate. Bonnie, you made my day with this review. Thank you so much. That is the exact goal of this podcast. I'm so grateful to hear that it provided you with community and support. And if you will send me an email, Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sending you a sticker. With all of that being said, guys, let's jump into this interview. I have to tell you that when I first started the interview with Megan, this was a few months ago, I was having a really, really rough morning and my toddler was being kooky and it was just a tough time. And getting on the phone and speaking with Megan totally brightened my day and changed my perspective. And I just had an amazing day afterwards. So I hope that this interview influences you the exact same way it did me. Megan, thank you so much for coming on Happy Home Birth. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to join you. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so excited to hear your story. I would love for you to just start by um, introducing yourself and your family to my audience. All right. Well, my name is Megan Baldwin, and I was born and raised in Oregon and somehow made it to Texas about 16 years ago. So I came here for Bible school and met and married a wonderful man named Jeff, and we've been married for just over 10 years now. So I'm kind of a a Texas, you know, transplant. I love it here. I love the freedoms we have. I love the warm hospitality. And um, my in-laws live in our neighborhood. My parents live 30 minutes away. So I'm so grateful for that because we have five kids and we homeschool. <laughs> so I, I always have my kids with me, you know, day and night. And um, having that grandparent support is such a blessing, like, you know, for date nights or if someone needs to go to the doctors or something like that, I always have the backup help, which is a blessing. But um, my kids are ages 10 to two months. So we have a girl first and then three boys. And then our last baby two months ago was a girl. So we're so blessed with that uh, another girl. But we do love it here in Texas. We love homeschooling. Um, my husband is a police officer. So he stays really busy at work. It's a stressful job. And so my goal is to make my home, you know, a warm place for him to come home to. I love to cook for my family. (laughs) We love to hang out, watch movies and all those fun things. So um, we're blessed to be together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Such a cozy little life there. And it's yeah. funny, as you were talking about your situation with your in-laws and your parents, that is my exact situation. So I have my in-laws are like a mile down the road, and then my parents are about 30 minutes away. And I 100% agree with you. I, I don't know how I would survive without them. And I've just got one baby and one on the way. And I'm still like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for letting me have help close by. Yes, it's a huge blessing. I've never in 10 years ever had to pay somebody to watch my children, um, you know, because their grandparents are so happy to spend time yeah. with them. And oh, that's, that's such a blessing because my there's no fear in that. You know, there's no concerns. They're just so loving. So, Oh, yeah. that is so wonderful. Well, so on that note, I'd love to hear what drew you to... Now, before we uh, began the interview, you told me that you started with having a birth center birth with your first daughter. So what drew you to the birth center? 
Yes, I actually, during college at Dallas Baptist University, there was a class and it was mandatory to do some community service in the area. And so I found a crisis pregnancy center not too far away from campus. And I started um, just volunteering there to help the women who walked in the door with whatever I could. Well, the volunteer coordinator was a midwife. And so in my singleness, I, I heard about midwifery for the first time. And um, a good friend that I made there actually was in the middle of having babies. She had three babies with this specific midwife, and they worked together at this center. So I heard great things, you know, and I kind of saw the process through my friend Keisha and her three babies that were born at home. Actually, I think her first was at a birth center and then the second two were at home. So, um, yeah, it just kind of piqued my interest because I was born in a hospital. My sister was born in a hospital. You know, that wasn't the way I knew to have babies. That wasn't my experience in the past. But when I heard how relaxing it could be, how enjoyable it could be, as enjoyable as possible, I was like, that's something to think about, you know. So fast forward a couple of years, I was married and we got pregnant on our honeymoon <laughs> and we were ready to have a family, like so ready because I was mid 20s. My husband was mid 30s when we started our family. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, there's this hospital option and now there's this other option I've heard about, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So um, I actually said to my husband, I said, how do you feel? And he's like, well, um, let's check out both options. So we set up an interview, uh, a tour, I'm sorry, at a hospital that was nearby just to check it out. Because in my heart, I thought, well, that's just the normal route everyone takes usually. So I probably should check that out. So we went to the hospital first and we had a tour. And um, as I walked the halls, it just felt kind of cold, you know, kind of bright, um, a little bit hurried through the interview and, and the tour. And I just sat there with a smile on my face talking to this female doctor because I really wanted a female doctor. I'm just a very private person when it comes to all that. And um, I really just felt like a number, like I needed to quickly ask my questions, quickly get my answers and get out the door. And she wasn't like a mean person or anything. She just, it wasn't very warm environment, you know? So I kind of took my notes on my little clipboard <laughs> and went home. And then I think it was like a week later, I connected with the midwife I had volunteered with. And um, I asked for a tour of the birth center in Grand Prairie, Texas, where she worked called Family Birth Services. So my husband and I scheduled an appointment and the experience was totally different than the hospital. Um, we were welcomed with smiling faces and hugs because <laughs> it was someone I already knew. And I met some of the other staff there. And it was in a historic home turned birth center. So it's a oh. two-story home. It's beautiful. Yes, very charming, right? <laughs> and um, it just felt so comfortable. There's sofas. There's toys for kids to play with who come in with their parents. And there's a full kitchen. And then upstairs were two, no, three beautiful birthing rooms. And um, one of those, my friend had had her first in. So it was just kind of fun to connect with someone, you know, in a warm environment. And our questions were answered. We had a lot of them. And um, I just felt heard. I just felt encouraged. I just felt supported. And I was like, this feels good. You know, I don't feel like a number. I feel like a person who has valid questions and they did not rush me. Like they just took their time. I think we were there for a good hour or more. So that is, so at the end of all that, you know, we took our notes, our pros and cons. 
and my husband said, you decide, you know, what do you want? And I said, I want to try the birth center. And so that was our choice for our first baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so incredible. I love how our lives are just so interwoven. You know, the fact that you went and volunteered at that crisis pregnancy center and made those connections and then were able to use that. And that influenced your life so much. Yes, it did. 100% totally influenced me. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, so tell me about that birth experience. How did your first birth go? Yes. So I grabbed a hold of some resources that my sister-in-law who'd had seven babies, I maybe she'd had five or six by that point. She gave me some resources in the form of books to read before I had this baby. And so it kind of helped me prepare mentally for birth because that first baby, you know, that first birth is always kind of the scariest. You just don't know what to expect. And so I tried to prepare myself by reading Ina Mae Gaskin's book. Um, uh, now I can't remember it. Do you know what I'm talking uh, Yes. Oh my gosh. And now that you said I can't remember yeah, it, I, I can't either. But it's Ina Mae's Guide to Childbirth. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the guide, right? The guide that everyone the needs. Guide. So I, because I've never, I, before giving birth, I'd never watched a live birth. Like never. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to freak out. You know, I've just seen what like the movie show. So I didn't really know the process. I wanted to read it. I wanted to take it in. So Ina Mae just, you know, very, very thoroughly explains what, what to expect and then how to expect better than what we expect, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally. And then I read, um, supernatural childbirth. And so this whole pregnancy, I was praying for a quick delivery and I was believing for a quick delivery. So those contractions hit at 39 weeks. I was, it was a before my due date. And of course I didn't expect that. You just never know when you'll go into labor, but my husband was home getting ready to leave for work. He worked the night shift. It was about 5 PM. He had his uniform on getting ready to walk out the door. We just finished painting the nursery, right? The nursery, (laughs) like all out big old bump painting away. I had all this energy nesting in full swing. And then I laid on the couch just to rest a minute because these contractions wouldn't quit, you know, and about a week prior, I felt my first Braxton Hicks and I thought that was labor, but it sure wasn't, Mm. you know? So of course, a week earlier, I was calling my midwife. I think I'm in labor. And she's like, oh, and she talked me through it and it went away. You know, you've always got to do it once. You've always got to call the midwife (laughs) incorrectly once. Exactly. I mean, you just don't know what true labor feels like, you know, until you've gone through it. So here I was. I laid down on the couch to see if they'd subside and they didn't. And they were consistently every five minutes for a good minute or so. And my husband was the one saying, uh, this seems like it's the real thing. Maybe we should get in the car and head to the birth center because we had a 45 minute drive to the birth center from our home. And I was like, no, no, I need to fold the laundry just a second. So I'd fold some. He's like, no, really, you need to start making your way towards the car right now. And I'm like, well, let me just wash the dishes. Like, I just need to clean up my house right now. You know, he's like, obviously, no, get in the car. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. You sound like <laughs> me before I'm going on vacation. Like, <laughs> exactly. I just need to mop the floors. Yes. You want to come home to a, a clean home, right? Not that it was dirty. I'd been kind of freaking out, you know, about the cleaning. Yeah. So, Okay, so his my mother-in-law pulled up in her van because all we had was a truck and all three of us were going. And 
we get in the van and start heading west and it was becoming dark outside. And so my husband said, pull over, pull over. So he got in the driver's seat because my mother-in-law was driving too slow. (laughs) And so of course, being a police officer, he was like, I'm just breaking all the speed limits, right? No, I probably shouldn't say that, but he was (laughs) like, I'm going to get there as quickly as possible. So the 45 minute drive turned into a 30 minute drive, which was good (laughs) because it was very uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable. I was like, this is serious. So we got to the breast center and, um, I got out of the car, but it was very difficult. So they checked me. I think I was dilated to like a three, um, when we finally made our way in there about 7 PM. And then my midwife was in the area just cause she lived nearby. She was in the area doing some other appointments. So she swung by the birth center around 9 PM. I made my way up to a room and rested on the bed. She stopped by just to see how I was doing. Okay. Knowing it's my first birth. She's like, let me just check and see how you're doing. I probably have time to go home and shower and change. And then I'll be back. Well, it was nine o'clock and I was dilated to a nine and she's oh, like, never mind where I'm staying here. <laughs> so it was, very quick. Um, it was under six hours and Mariah was born. And I mean, I just followed my body. I felt like I was being pulled through birth. I didn't really have time to really process it a whole lot. You know, I just kind of was pulled through it. Like I just followed my body's cues and just went with it. But I fought it sometimes. And the more I fought, you know, the pain. Now I know it's not doesn't have to be so painful. But during the first labor, it felt like pain because I was fearful and I didn't really relax and just go with it. I kind of fought it at times. And then my voice would get really high pitched, you know, (laughs) and we actually had some family members downstairs in the birth center waiting to meet this new baby. And my brother-in-law had to leave because he could not handle my noises I was making. Of course, I didn't know that then. And later on, I was so embarrassed. I was like, okay. And, you know, I'm just very private. Like, I don't want anyone to see anything. It was just my husband and the midwives and the interns. That's it helping me, you know, but I just let it go. Like Ina May said, I just kind of like did all the groans, all the vocal I needed to do, but I got high pitched sometimes because I really, I really struggled just going with it. You know, it was a quick labor. And so she was born at, um, six and a half pounds in, in about five and a half hours and no tearing. It was blessed. It was a blessed pregnancy and delivery. Yes. So after that, I was like, I never want to be in the car again when it comes to birth. I I do not want to transition. So that made me really consider home birth. What an interesting, yeah, what an interesting first birth, a a shorter one. You had your birth center birth and it sounds like it went very well. You had good feelings about it. And so what made you decide, was there anything beyond just the fact that you didn't enjoy being in the car to make you decide to have a home birth? Mm-hmm. Um, that was the majority of it, but also just the idea of, I don't have to go anywhere. I can be in my own space using my own things, my own towels, my own sheets and blankets, you know, just like that cozy feeling, even though the birth center was comfortable, we were only there from 10, I think she was born at 10 30 PM and we left at 10 30 AM. So we were only there for the 12 hours and then we came home. Baby and I were doing so well, but I just felt like, if I don't have to go anywhere, 
I mean, why go anywhere? <laughs> you know, right. why not just be in my own place and have my family come to me and all that? Well, of course, too, I now had a toddler with my second pregnancy. She was almost two when I was um, due to deliver my first son. And so my in-laws lived around the corner. So they were going to take Mariah to their home when I went into labor. And then I would just labor here and deliver here because I just didn't want the distractions, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that that was another deciding factor. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And so you used the same midwifery practice that they do home birth and birth center births. Is that correct? Yes. My midwife, Amy does both. So yeah, wherever you want to deliver, she delivered my first four and then she retired. <laughs> oh. So um, yeah, then the Lord provided another friend who was a midwife. And so, yes, I just loved Amy and she gave me that option. But oh, I, I still went to the center for prenatal appointments. And then, you know, towards the end, she would come out my way. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yep. That's that's how the freestanding birth center that that is near me works as well. They do the birth center births, but they also have the option of home birth. I think that's just so wonderful. Yes, it is. So mm-hmm. tell me what the difference in your experience was with the birth center and then your subsequent home births. Yes. So let's see. It was just nice being home, just being able to do what I need to do, whether I need to sit on my toilet for an hour or take a shower. Here's the thing. I've heard great things about water birth, but I've never experienced one. I've never used a tub. I keep hearing great things. So if we get pregnant again, that might be something I want to try. But I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like a hot shower is good enough for me. And then I just end up laboring and delivering on my bed because it's just a place I can rest between the waves. Right. Right. So, um, the biggest difference for me between the two was just being able to be home and take my time and just kind of wait on people to arrive and attend to me instead of me trying to figure out when to leave and the timing of it all, you know, cause you just right. don't know what to expect in birth. And so that can kind of, I think that could maybe cause some women to kind of slow down their labor or shut down a little bit, just having to move out of their space. So my room is like my safe place, you know, but here's another thing about staying home and giving birth. I have to clean. I had to clean, you know, and organize my room. That's, you know, usually not the most orderly (laughs) in order for that, you know, to be prepared for birth. I felt like I had a standard, a personal standard, and I felt like I needed to be prepared. And so yeah, that's kind of a hard part. You can't just leave it behind and go to this nice, clean environment. You've got to have the environment prepared, you know, and have all the things ready. Right. But um, that makes it easy. You know, she gives me a list of what I need to have ready, and it's really not a whole lot. She brings a lot with her. So that's okay. nice. Yeah, that's great. So your first birth was five and a half hours. What were your, were all of your births similar to that? Um, my three boys followed suit <laughs> to their big sister. It was six hours, four hours, and then four and a half hours. So very quick and very smooth. And I felt like every one of those births kind of followed the same pattern. And I was so blessed that way because, you know, there'd be like the contractions that begin and continue. And sometimes here and there, there might be an hour pause or something, but that's kind of nice to kind of breathe and rest or whatever you need to do before things really pick up. And then during transition, I would always throw up one time and I knew, you know, the end is near, you know, then I would, my body would start pushing and out would come the baby. Like that was the same sort of routine I went through with all four of my first 
first four births. But then came Daniela. So when it came time to give birth to my fifth child, I was ready for a home birth. I was excited about her arrival, but she took her time. Um, She came at 40 weeks and six days. And um, so, you know, I'd been anticipating her arrival. And I think it's, it's hard, you know, from the mindset of being prepared constantly to go into labor mentally, you know, you've got to be prepared, but then you have to be patient. So that there's a fine line between those two things. So by the time labor started, it was like, I woke up with a strong contraction at 1am on November 28th. And I was like, okay, this feels different than Braxton Hicks. So I got up and used the restroom and then laid back down. And then again, at 2am, I was bothered, you know, it didn't feel good. It felt very low. And I just, I could tell it was different than the Braxton Hicks I'd been experiencing. So then by 4 a.m., I could not I could not um, avoid or I could not be distracted from my contractions. I started timing them on a little app I downloaded on my phone so I didn't have to, like, pay attention to the clock and write things down. I just had to tap a button, which was such a blessing. And um, at that time, I had heard about a um, mp3 that I could download and I thought yes I need that I need my faith to be increased right now because I need to be all in head in the game ready for this baby to arrive I believe she's gonna come today and I wanted my faith to be boosted so my husband was asleep he wasn't quite getting up for work yet my kids were all sleeping so at four in the morning I downloaded this mp3 off Amazon Prime by Janet Angela Mills called childbirth in the glory And I'd heard wonderful things. So I hadn't heard the whole thing. I just heard little snippets, you know, that whatever they show you for free. So I downloaded that and just started listening to it over and over. And it's soft music. It's scripture um, just spoken out loud. And, you know, it's much easier to listen and receive encouragement when you're focusing through contractions and breathing and all that. Um, rather than grab your Bible and try to read it and encourage yourself, you know. Right. So, Good um, luck with all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. You just can't do all that. Like, I'm like, I've got to pee and I've got to, you know, breathe and all these things we have to remember. Right. So it was really encouraging. I was so grateful. I think I spent eight bucks on that, you know, and uh, well worth the eight dollars. So by the time my husband woke up at five to get ready to go to work, I said, honey, I think this is the day. Please call into work. I need you here. Um, the plan was to have my mother-in-law come and pick up our four kids. Well, I'm sorry, just three, our three boys, because my daughter, our oldest, who is 10, wanted to be there for her do- or her sister's birth. So we had a plan, you know, and, um, you know, when it comes down to the wire and you're having a home birth, you of course, you can't control it all, but you have a plan and you hope it goes smoothly. So our plan was Mariah was to stay. The three boys were to go. And it really went well. It did go. But this is this is where the story changes a little bit as opposed to my previous home births um, or all my births, actually. This baby took her sweet time. Okay, so I'm used to four hour, five hour, six hour births maximum from like the first strong contraction to that baby's coming out. This one, she took about 12 hours to 14 hours to get here. Oh, wow. So, it wasn't, yeah, it was not fast and furious. It was like slow, you know, like I'd have a few contractions close together and then further apart, you know. So, again, my faith was tested. You know, was I going to you know, speak over, I, I had to speak over my body and speak over my baby. I found myself saying like, today's your birthday. You're going to be born today. Um, 
come on, baby, you can do it. We want you here. We're excited. You know, I kept saying these things out loud because my faith needed to be increased. And I feel like, you know, my body was even responding to my faith. It was really interesting. So, um, but I was getting frustrated and I was getting a little discouraged. Like, I don't want to, you know, I was communicating with my midwife via text and I was like, what can I do to help this pick up? Because I feel like things are kind of slowing down. So she encouraged me to check out spinningbabies.com and they have a um, post there called the abdominal lift and tech. Have you ever used that before? Oh yeah. As a, as a doula or a midwife apprentice, I have used it on a number of clients. Well, I'd never heard of it before. Okay, so here I am, baby number five, I never heard of it. And so, of course, I'm reading the directions, you know, over and over trying to, like, figure out how to do this. So if you will explain what it is to the listeners, that would be awesome. Sure. So (laughs) I went outside because I was like, I just need some sunshine and fresh air, you know. So my my three-year-old and I went and walked our backyard. We're we're in an acre. So we're walking the backyard and and I had to find a sturdy place to put my back up against because an abdominal lift and tuck, the goal is to engage the baby's head and almost to tilt their chin so that their head engages in the pelvic where it needs to be, right? So that there's engagement and to speed, like pick things up when things are slowing down. So I found um, a good comfy place kind of out of the wind and in the sunshine. I was wearing a hoodie sweatshirt, just so comfortable in outside. And I put my back up against our chicken coop because it was the only like solid structure in our backyard and um, found a firm place for my feet and kind of bent my knees a little. And I put my back flat against the chicken coop. And then as I felt a contraction coming, I webbed my hands together, put them under my belly and lifted up and back kind of towards my spine and just held it there, held it up and in uh, through the contraction. And then when the contraction was over, just kind of tilted forward and let go slowly. So I remember reading like, if you don't catch the contraction at the beginning, it could hurt a little bit you know, if you're going to, if you catch it too late. So uh, I just kind of felt like I was fumbling through, you know, trying something new in the middle of uh, such an intense time, you know, of contractions. So, but I think I got three or four good ones in, you know, I just kept trying and it's okay. I'm just going to try again, you know, and I can picture you, I can picture you perfectly (laughs) against your chicken coop with my layer like, yeah, my three-year-old was like chasing chickens with a stick and I'm like, no, come back. Don't, don't do that. You know? Oh, that is so funny. Uh, yeah. But my husband just was there in the house with the other kids, just there if I needed him. And we were like, you know, just sweeping and doing laundry, just life, you know, because I homeschool my kids. We were just home together. And um, finally, I was like, okay, it's like 1230, getting to one o'clock. I need to eat something. You know, I need some strength. If this is going to work, this whole lift, tuck and lift thing, you know, lift and tuck thing, I, I need to eat something. So I came inside and just ate like a some string cheese and cucumbers, just something very light, just knowing I needed strength, but not wanting to fill up, you know, um, and it was closer to nap time. So I was like, okay, good. I can lay down and rest because I felt like things weren't picking up immediately, but I thought if they will continue, you know, the contractions and if, if this is true labor, even if I lay down, it will, it will pick up, it will continue forward, you know? So we know that if you're doing one thing, change it up, right? And see what happens. So I was like, okay, honey, please take the kids, put the little ones down for nap. I'm going to go rest on my bed because if it's still in my head, I'm like, if, if this is the real deal, 
you know, we'll see what happens and I need my strength. Um, so I laid down and then around two o'clock I was like, okay, things are picking up even though I'm laying down, you know, the contractions were coming stronger and lower and longer, you know, and when they're in that, the length of it, I was like, okay, this is changing. So I definitely messaged my midwife, but still I was like, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, have you come out too early? Cause I was about an hour away drive for her. Um, but it, because of my quick labors in the past, I was kind of confused. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, is this real or is this, is this baby coming today? And again, I think that every woman faces that fear versus faith. Um, when it comes to pregnancy, carrying a baby to term, you know, can I labor? Can I deliver this baby um, the way I, I want or the way I, I think I should, you know, or whatever? You know, we all have these goals and desires and fear wants to creep in and say, that baby's going to stay in you forever, right? <laughs> but we know, we know they've got to come out. So um, I did. I texted my midwife and I said, okay, I think things are getting more serious. And that was around four o'clock. So I was resting for a couple hours, which was nice. At four o'clock, I was like, my husband, this is what I texted her. My husband would feel better if you were here because <laughs> I still That's didn't want to take, yeah, I still didn't want to take control of like, you know, like calling her over if, if it wasn't going to continue. I think that's my biggest fear is like having all the people there to help and then things not going forward. And you're like, sorry. Yeah, that, and and <laughs> you know what, though, happens. that happens and that's their job. And most moms, a midwife has got to come out at least once before it's the real thing, you know. Right. And that's OK. Yes. Yes. So there's grace for you in that situation, for sure. There's grace. And and midwives, that's their that's their desire is to be there in your time of need, no matter if it's the, the real deal or not. Um, right. So my midwife was like, OK, I'm in Dallas. I'll head your way and I should be there in an hour. And by the time she walked in the door at around 515 p.m., I was like focused in the zone. Don't talk to me. Don't leave me like husband, you are here, you know, the music's on. Um, it's, you know, I've got my little sanctuary. So I just, I just go to my bedroom. I shut the door. You know, there's people outside in the living room. Like my mom was making food and my friend was there to take pictures. And so different people were there, but I'm very personal. I mean, um, private and I'm very focused, you know, when it comes time and when things get serious. And so my midwife arrived and I think my favorite part about home births and midwives is they're in the background and I get to follow my body's lead and I am the star of the show, you know, like oh. it is whatever I want, whatever I want. I'm the queen for the day, at least for a few mm. hours, right? That's right. And, uh, they are there to attend to me and it, it you, it's not selfish either. It you have to, You have to have that mentality of like, Go with the flow. Go with your body. What do you need? You know, because um, you just need to do what feels comfortable and what your body needs, what your baby needs right then. And it's not selfish. You know, you just do it. And I just love that my midwife, Bethany, is just the best at um, being in the background and kind of anticipating my needs, too, which is a blessing. So right. this was her second birth with us. But um, so she walks in the door at 515 and things are like super serious. And for me, transition always comes with throwing up at least one time. You know, I know when I throw up that like the baby's like an hour away or so, like she's coming. So I just felt that nausea wave just coming over me. And I was laying on my side on my bed and um, just breathing again. Um, I have some piano music playing in the background that I love. I have my affirmations up on the wall. Um, I found myself saying like, 
um, just praying out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for the strength. Thank you. My deliverer is here. You know, those sorts of things. Just saying those things out loud, looking at the wall and reading them so my faith would be encouraged. And my husband was right there next to me, holding my hand when needed, letting go when needed. You know, sometimes it's too much. <laughs> And praying. He is just there praying um, the entire time and encouraging me. And um, so here we go. You know, that that nausea wave is just hitting me over and over with each contraction. Finally, it gets so strong that I'm like, I really need I need to throw up. And so someone grabbed the bowl and I just got on all fours on my bed because I felt like I just didn't want to, like, lose my lunch all over my bed. On the, Like laying on my side was hard, you know, so I got on all fours and. You know, when you, I know it's probably TMI, but this is what this is all about, right? Exactly. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you lose control of the front end, right, because of your stomach, you know, all the pressure of throwing up um, to clear out your system and everything, whatever your body needs to do, I lost control of the back end as well, and that baby started coming out. So here I am throwing up in the bowl, and the baby's crowning, and it like all happened all at once. And so my midwife was right there, you know, baby's coming out. She said she could feel her head. I can see her head. So I, I felt the head was there. She's crowning. She's like, do you want to lay on your side to kind of slow it down? Because my biggest, one of my biggest goals is not to tear you know, in birth. And um, I feel like gravity does such a great job <laughs> of pulling babies down that I usually deliver babies laying on my side or on my back because that's just feels okay to me. You know, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I need gravity's help because my body just pushes these babies out. So I said, yes. So I slowly, you know, turned onto my side from my hands and knees. I was done throwing up. And that was the weirdest feeling ever, having a head between your legs and like moving. It was just very strange. But I did it. And then she was able to assist me, you know, and help the baby out. And Daniela did not just slide out like the others did. I had to really bear down and push. But even in the short video clip that I sent you, um, I didn't make a, it wasn't noisy and crazy and screaming and out of control. It was very um, I don't know, just very controlled. I felt like there was even peace, even at the end when it feels like you're not going to make it. You know, it feels like the end is so far um, away. The Lord just brought peace and joy. And as soon as she was out and laid on my stomach, it's like you forget. You forget mm -hmm. the pain. You forget the agony. You forget the uncomfortableness of, you know, whatever you've experienced over the last 10 months or whatever. And your baby's there. And there was so much joy. And I just said, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because he is the giver of good gifts, you know, and he gave us such a blessing in Daniela. Um, so, yeah, it was a wonderful birth. It was quick towards the end, but um, it was definitely a fight, you know, to keep the faith in the middle right. of it. It's so interesting to me how it feels like your birth stories are kind of reversed. Like I would expect that to be your first birth. You know, if I were to hear all of your birth stories, I'd be like, oh, that was her first time. And then these were her subsequent births. But no, your last one so far is, has been the longest. Yes, yes. I did not expect that at all. And also thinking, oh, she's a girl. And my daughter came a week before her due date. I, I was expecting Daniela to arrive a week before her due date. I don't know why I just did, you know? No, and we so do that. We do that with ourselves. <laughs> we come up with these ideas of, oh, this is, this is just how it's going to be. And maybe there are things that we don't tell anybody, but we expect them. And when they don't come to pass that way, it's like, what the heck just happened? 
Yeah, it can be very frustrating. I think, um, you know, my postpartum recovery with her was excellent, was wonderful. And I'm just feeling fabulous mm -hmm. almost four months postpartum now. But prior to her birth, the week prior, even the two weeks prior was so difficult, like emotionally and mentally and all those things. I just, <laughs> I was a basket case because I think I set up, I set myself up in my expectations, like you said, even privately in my mind, you know, as to when she would arrive and what life would look like. Um, so yeah, I'm just glad she came when she did, but it's good to to have patience yet be prepared. And it's a really hard battle towards the end, you know, you, you're so right. I think you put it perfectly. And when you mentioned that fear versus faith mentality, I can absolutely relate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so what has your, you said your postpartum has been great so far. So Danielle is about four months old at this point. Yes. Next week. Uh -huh. Oh my goodness. How, how has this been compared to your other babies? Yes. Um, well, it's been wonderful. Of course, she's a great nurser. She loves to nurse and she loves to sleep. I think that's oh. a big uh, deciding factor there that's different than the others. My last three were boys. I don't know if it's a boy thing or just my babies, but they nursed every two hours, day and night, you know, and that's great. And, and I co-sleep for that reason, because I need my rest even mm -hmm. when they're nursing. But her, I mean, she's enjoying her sleep at night mostly and, and will sleep sometimes four hours at a time. I'm just not used to that, you know, with babies. So I feel like the amount of rest I've gotten has been great. Um, also, I'm taking some supplements that help my body, my um, specific probiotics that help me with my mood, that help me with my gut health. All those things contribute to, again, better sleep, more energy, you know, all of those things that I need to to care for all my other four children besides the newborn. And I think, too, with experience, you know, you just kind of become a laid, more laid back mom. You know, you kind of know yourself you know how you parent, even though that changes over the years. And it's not about what other people think. It's just about what works for me and my family. And with that comes peace, you know. Mm -hmm. um, also, I'm, I'm exercising and not intensely, but but making it a priority. And that helps clear my mind and helps me feel better, too. So just a lot of things, you know, contribute to to a really easy postpartum recovery. It's been great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So she might have given you a run for your money and labor, but she's working out all right for the family. <laughs> yes, she is such a doll. Her hair is crazy out of control, like spiking. It is awesome. And this lady the other day was like, how'd you get her hair to stand up like that? I'm like, well, it's normal. Like that's her natural <laughs> craziness. It's so fun. She's got a sweet personality and brings joy. Just like her middle name says, she brings so much joy to our family. Yeah. Oh, that is so wonderful. Megan, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast and for sharing your experiences with my listeners. It has been such a joy to to hear your stories. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, podcasts were a huge blessing in all in my most recent pregnancy specifically. And so the more people who can be encouraged that you can do this, that it is a wonderful option and that that you're powerful. You can do this, you know, with a midwife, a doula, whatever team you want. Um, I just want more people to know about this option and to try it for themselves because it's, it's wonderful. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> oh, beautifully put. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. Well, my friends, we are at the end of the podcast and I hope that it was as much of an encouragement to you as it was to me. 
I just loved listening to Megan's story and hearing her wisdom. It was beautiful. And this is the part where I typically do our episode roundup when I remember. I feel like I do it maybe half of the time. But today I actually wanted to leave you with another message. Um, so when I started this podcast, I it was really kind of not my idea. It was more of the Lord's idea, and he kind of put it into my head piece by piece, and I really wanted to do it, but I thought, okay, well, I really, God, I just want to do this if it's going to glorify you. And I don't really know how it's going to glorify you because it's about home birth, and I don't necessarily completely see the connection, but I will do it, and I trust that you will you will make much of yourself. Um, so... I started the podcast, and as I started interviewing these moms, some of them were really stepping out and declaring their faith, and there are more episodes to come like that, and Megan is certainly an example of that. Well, this week was the first time that I struggled so much to get this podcast up and running and on the air. As I was editing it, Megan and I first started this, we first did the interview actually two months ago. And so this past Saturday when I was editing it and getting it ready for Monday's release, I went to listen to the episode and halfway through the uh, recording had just stopped. So I don't know what happened. It was done through Skype and it was just gone. And so I contacted Megan and was trying to get in touch with her and and all of it was just to, to get in touch with her, to get our interview scheduled and set back up. It was, it was just a difficult situation. And I just felt like, wow, this <laughs> Megan's message and what she had to say was meant for somebody. And clearly Satan really didn't want it to get out. So I would just like to take a moment to say to anybody else who is a believer in Christ, maybe this is the episode that is supposed to be shared. If, if you are feeling led to do that, please share this episode because it's obvious to me that somebody really, really needed to hear it and somebody really didn't want it to get out. And I feel kind of awkward and weird sitting here and monologuing about this, but then I went to my community group tonight and one of the verses we were talking about was James 4, 17. And it says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. So here I am pouring my heart out and uh, just letting you guys know what this podcast means to me and what I hope that it means to the Lord and means to someone out there that really needed to get this message this week. So I will wrap everything up on that note. I love you guys. You are such amazing listeners and you've been such a blessing to me. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and I look forward to uh, connecting with you on social media this week and I will talk to you next week.